This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And as we've talked about, we have a epidemic of pornography in the church. After COVID, the numbers blew up even more, and they were already showing that two-thirds of Christian men and around 30% of Christian women are viewing pornography. That doesn't include adultery, prostitution, sexting, and all the other manifestations of sexual sin. doesn't include the homosexuality, or I should say struggles with same-gender attractions in our midst. And there are plenty of men and women who are struggling with that. So what do we do? We need to open this issue up wide in the church on a Sunday morning, and we need to talk about it in very clear terms, and we need to give people answers. We need to not just talk about, okay, it's sin. Don't just tell me it's sin. We need to give them answers. And part of that answer is one of the non-negotiables of freedom you cannot do this in isolation. You cannot do this alone. So if you're a pastor and you're talking about this, you want to give them a safe place to go. And hopefully you might be open to hosting a group for men and wives because the wives need healing too in your church. And if not, you can refer them to us and we can get you plugged in. But today I have two men with me who have decided to take some action steps and to put it out there for other men, and they've decided to start a group, a Blazing Grace group here in Chandler, Arizona. So I have Gene and Bo back with me today. Thanks for joining me. Great. It's uh, good to be back here again. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks, Mike, for having us back on. So, Gene, what was ticking in you that you decided to start a group? Well, it had been on my heart for quite a while, and... um I was telling other men, you need to be in a group. You can't do this alone. But I realized I'm alone. I'm not in a group. But there wasn't a place to go. And then when I heard about your program, I looked into it. And um, then I knew Bo. And I said, hey, Bo. Uh, I had heard his testimony and story. And I realized that he might be a good accountability partner. And we started with a group of two. And then it's taken off. We got our church support uh, behind us, and we have about five to six that come regular and a couple more on the roster. So we, it was just on my heart, you know. I got to step forward, and I think Bo felt the same way, to help set captives free. Mm-hmm. Bo? Yeah, it was, it was interesting because <clears throat> Gene and I were in a, a, a small group for uh, you know, within our church, and we had 
testimony sharing in that in that small group with our with our wives and everybody there. And when I shared my testimony, and when Gene shared his testimony, um, we struggled with the same areas: sexual addiction, and 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 so we kind of started talking about accountability, other things. Um, so it was really, I mean, I would have never met Gene had it not been for that that other small group that was a that was that we were attending. And so it was just a neat way that God put our families together. And then our testimony sharing was was really meaningful. I mean, it, in this small group, people were really sharing from their heart their struggles. And the, the fact that we had similar struggles really kind of connected us. And then Gene found your ministry and reached out to you, and it just became a really good match of what he and I were struggling with and with your ministry. And so that was it was just a neat way God kind of brought us together. So guys, why do you need groups? Why can't we why can't we just do a little do it yourself type deal with this thing? Um I'll respond to that first. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. And I think everybody out there if they're truly honest and admit that I have a problem, you can't do it alone. Uh boats tried, I've tried. You can white knuckle it for a while, but you cannot do it. It's just I don't think there's ever been one person in the world who's ever done it and ever will be. It just doesn't work. Uh, you're isolated, and I think because that way everything is a secret, and when secrets aren't exposed, uh, they just get bigger and uglier, and you have to have someone to ask you the hard questions and be accountable to it. So if you really want, I think, healing and to get free, you have to be in a group setting with uh, other like-minded men. And I would say, add on to that, is it is not easy to confess these things to anybody, much less men that you know well or not know well. And it, But it is, like Gene said, it's the way that you can overcome and, and, and use other Christian men to uh, pray for you, other men to ask hard questions, and then to accept difficult answers. I mean – when we go into these meetings, we're we're you know we're sharing our hearts. It's not easy for 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 me to do, for a lot of men to do, but knowing that my brothers truly care for me and God truly loves me, those are the ways to really overcome. I'd like to add too that um, when I was isolated by myself, I didn't look at it as I'm isolated. I didn't even think of that, but triggers would happen. And I realized and learned I had a lot of triggers, you know. Um, if I felt angry or abandoned or even good things, but there was no one there to to help me. or And in the group, I find you got other like-minded men that are struggling, but you encourage each other. You know, together we can do this. We're just stronger together. And, um, you know, you can reach out on the phone during the week and call someone. And it's just, it's helped me tremendously. I know that. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you guys encounter any spiritual warfare as you have proceeded with this? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, almost immediately encountered it and uh, expected it. But, you know, Bo and I talked about, it. I'd rather be on the battlefield. Um, it's like a football game. I don't want to sit on the bench. 
and keep my uniform clean, but I want to get in the game and get dirty and get knocked down, but get back up, and in the end, we're going to win the game. So, Yeah, today I was thinking about the Lord's Prayer, and one of the things Jesus taught about that prayer is one of the phrases is, deliver us from evil. It could also be deliver us from the evil one, but that is spiritual battle, delivering us from the evil attacks of the spiritual warfare going on all around us. And, you know, Satan and the evil one is very powerful, but with us and the Holy Spirit battling against that, asking to be delivered from that, we can be. So what were some of those attacks, and then how did you deal with them? I – the attacks on on me were mainly through my uh, visual uh, senses. Um, I've – I struggle with, you know um, – uh, uh, vi- watching inappropriate videos, not pornography. Some t- pornography I've been able to stay away from for a good number of years. But even just pretty women, pretty faces, those will pop up in in places, and I'll I'll not resist the temptation sometimes to to look or to watch, and those things pop right up, and I've I've been having to clean that material, any of any sense of, uh, of that uh, temptation away. And um, so it's, you know, that's, I think some of the attacks I've faced are having, you know, uh, pretty faces, pretty women show up and got to resist that temptation to look. I'd say for me, um, a little different view, uh, not really the temptation I mean, you just go to the mall and there's opportunities. But uh, as far as I feel coming under attack is um, by myself, I would get discouraged, extreme discouragement. And then I would just go south because most of my life um, I felt deep down in my core at best that God accepted me because he had to because of what Jesus did. But the moment I step into heaven, he was going to say to me, uh, you go hide in the corner and I don't want to see your face because you disgust me. My core being, that's who I thought I was. Um, I've had a really hard couple weeks, some physical ailments, and I didn't go there. I And part of that is th- these are just tools to help me get closer to God. And I realize that even in my shame, even in my addiction, wherever I go, you know, um, I wrote down the scripture in, um, is it Isaiah? You know, wherever I go, no, Psalm, Psalm 139, wherever I go, you know, if I send to the highest heavens, you're there. If I descend to hell, you're there. So even in my addiction, he was there and his love and grace brought me out of that. So now if I get discouraged because I'm battling some physical ailments, um, I'm having victory over that. I don't start thinking God has abandoned me and I'm all alone because the moment I used to think I was abandoned and alone and woe was me, then I was like the little wildebeest out in the pack who was all by myself just getting ready to get eaten up by the lions. So, mm. wow, Thanks for sharing that. So you're using the, the Road to Grace books. Can you guys talk about what are in the books that 
that you offer in the groups to help people? Some of the, come to the highlights. You know, it's there's about eight or nine books uh, that you've authored, and they're all great, but we had to pick one. We started with The Road to Grace, but um, the stories you tell in there, your testimony, and some of the tools, and um, these are just tools to help us get closer to God, to get set free. And I was thinking about it, you know, when Jesus walked, you know, before he started his ministry, you know, it was a carpenter and he used tools, yet he did the work. Well, now these are just tools, but Jesus still does the work. Um, one of the tools that's been really good for me is the turn and connect. When um, used to, if a pretty woman was walking my way, I would look at everything, and then I would turn around and watch as she walked away. And that just feeds that that old wolf, the old man in me. And the more I feed that, the harder it is to break away. And so just a tool that I learned from, uh, I think, chapter six, seven, um, turn and connect. The other day I was walking into Target, and in my peripheral vision I saw a woman walking towards me, and I could tell she was very attractive and I just focused on the target sign up there. But in my mind, I'm picturing Christ and his glory with his uh, face brighter than the sun and his eyes like, you know, blazing fire. And everything dissipated. And the more and more I use that tool, the easier it is for me to just turn from that and connect with God. And yet I still am on guard. And it's just a... The more I do it, though, it's becoming almost a habit of a turn and connect, a turn and connect. And that's just one small of dozens and dozens of examples that have helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would also say something that's kind of struck me recently is one of the examples you uh, used. I, I love your examples. And one of the really good examples was as a uh, person who, if you wanted to go into the boxing mat, boxing ring with Mike Tyson, that would last literally a few seconds until Mike Tyson would knock you out. And if we attempt to battle the forces against us one on one, we're going to be we're going to lose. But the beauty of <clears throat> being a Christian, being a born again Christian, is we have the Holy Spirit. Our spirit is reborn with the Holy Spirit. We have unlimited power at our disposal through what God and Jesus has given us in our in our in our lives, and it's it's really neat to see how we can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. We can have the courage and the confidence to know that God, through the Holy Spirit, can defeat Mike Tyson, for example. And it's not up to us to do it. We just need to ask and permit the power that we've been given to help us overcome. And at the end of that chapter, it's interesting how you say, get into that ring, and with the Holy Spirit there, you just step back. And then Mike Tyson's defeated by a big, <laughs> a big giant boxing glove from heaven to come in and crush him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to – we need to know that. And so the – the I, I see that in all the chapters in the book leading up to the fact that God wants us to overcome. He wants us to win, and we just need to know how to ask 
and having the confidence that that's going to happen. I'd like to add one thing in there. Um, I think part of your testimony was you'd been through years of fighting this battle. And when you came to a point where you said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, because um, I struggled for so long and I promised I wouldn't do it again, I wouldn't do it again. And I ultimately would fall and fail. Then I'd sink into that circular shame, depression. But I started praying for God created me a clean heart, and I don't want anything of this world. I don't want anything. And God knew in my heart I meant it, but I kept praying that and praying that and praying that. And I don't know. Um, I've met men in the past who, for one, they don't admit they have a problem, but I've met some guys who don't want to. They, oh, I'm here because my wife makes me come or what have you. But when I was honest in my heart and prayed that, things started changing in my heart. And I really feel that I was like a prisoner in chains. And maybe I had a 50-foot ball and chain on me, and that's as far as I could go. But I feel like that ball and chain is just broken free. And it's the it's like that song by Third Day. I feel like I'm born again, and I can, for the first time in my life, I'm breathing and uh, living. And that was a huge turning point for me. Mm. That was in uh, the road to grace. That's great. Thank you both. Um, so let's say that a guy's been coming to your group for three months, and every week he comes in. Looked at porn on my phone last week. Looked at my po- porn on my phone last week. What are you going to say to him after three months of this? Well, one thing that one thing that I've learned through this process, through your through your material and and on my own, is that the time to make tough decisions is not in the heat of the moment. the The time to not look at porn on your phone is not when you feel like you need to or want to. It's before that. It's when you're in a group of men who want the best for you. So the thing I would ask, and I've asked myself, is what can you do when you're in a confident position here in a group of men or other times when you you decide you don't want to do that anymore? And what are the things that we've done, what are things other people have done to help them overcome those those, uh, poor choices? And so that would be the thing I would ask is, hey, what is it that causes you to want that? And what is it that you can do and decide to do now that will make that more difficult or make it impossible? Or So I think in a, in, when you're in times of confidence or in, in a positive position, you can make some of those choices such that when you are weak, it's more, it's, it's more difficult to go down the path you don't want to go down. We're um, Bo and I are a good uh, combination in dealing with this. Uh, everything we do there is is based bathed in grace, but I'm kind of the good cop bad cop. I'm the bad cop. I'm uh, I'm gonna <laughs> say, well, do you really really want to break free from here? And you've been given a lot of tools, and you're looking at porn on your phone. Have you set up a block? Do you have uh, something like covenant eyes on there? 
And if they're not willing to do that, I just think back to myself, I really wasn't ready or wanting to change. I was going through the motions, but I believe when you're really, really ready and your marriage is on the line, your life is on the line, you have to be... You have to ask these guys these hard questions. And if they're not ready, personally, I'm like, well, you know, and if this has been going for months and months and months, it's like, well, we can't just let you come in and just play this game, you know. Uh, Tough love. I kind of use that approach. And um, it's hard. So yes. Bo gets to be the real nice guy and <laughs> I'm the tough guy. Well, you know, and to go along with that, too, is there's a, you know, in any in any 12-step program, there's always a first step. The first step is when you really have hit the rock bottom and you realize it. And I hit that. I hit that point. I hit the rock bottom, low point, can't go any lower, and you want to be free from that. And until you get to that point – you can lie, you can pretend, you can say the right thing, but until you truly, truly realize that you've got a problem, you can't solve it yourself, you need to get out, you know. And if the person comes in every week saying, up, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this, you know, they probably haven't gotten to that point yet when they just need a way, you know, realize themselves they need it. Um, I'll give an anonymous uh story about that. Um, used to, well, what happened a couple weeks ago, we had someone basically saying next week when I act out and I was listening to him and I said, wait a minute, next week when you act out, so you're kind of already making provision and you're going to do that. I said, time out, time out. And I asked him some tough questions. I go, it sounds like you're already making provision and excuse when you act out next week. What about if you purpose in your heart not to and use all these tools and, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And if you stumble, let's walk into his grace and come to us and let's do James 5.16. Let's confess it and let's pray over it because that's the pathway to healing. But I had to ask him the tough question. Um, I don't think he was real happy with me, but, you know, I think overall uh, it worked out. And then you know, both comforted him after that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, for so long when I was in 12-step programs, uh, if someone would have said that, it's no crosstalk. Don't say anything to him. And um, that's just a – for me, that was a dead end. I mean, I got some help from it, but I didn't have anyone challenging me and holding me accountable. Mm-hmm. And doesn't pride – isn't pride wrapped around this sin? Oh, absolutely. I mean, pride's wrapped around most everything, but it's certainly this. And the uh, the aspect of 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 pride. I mean it it can it can create so much uh, destruction in its path, and when you match that with uh, sexual addiction or uh, pornography problem. The pride of being honest, the pride of sharing the truth is really destructive. You know, the the late Billy Graham 
Actually, I shouldn't say late. He's doing better than ever. But <laughs> yeah. he said, um, there's three things that will destroy a man. One was pride. The next was money. And the next is sex. Mm. And I know for me, for so long, my shame and my pride kept me from saying anything or coming to the end of my rope to say, hey, I'm too ashamed and I'm, I was too proud to admit that I had a problem. So, yeah, I agree with Bo. Pride is, is huge. So you guys are meeting Monday nights, is that correct? Yes. Yep. At 6.30 6, p.m. 6.30. So those of you who are listening and if you're in bondage to this stuff, please do not sit there and let it continue to eat your lunch. Contact information is at the end of the show. Send us an email. Give us a call. We'll put you in contact with Gene and Bo, and then you can get plugged in. But do not try and go this alone. And those of you in leadership positions at churches, you can't just sit there and avoid the issue or hit on it lightly and not get in the way out. So we can either send you their way or we can help you with our groups. But let us hear from you, and thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.